read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. If you're paying any attention to the national political debate these days, you know that the political right has made immigration and a campaign to demonize immigrants its top talking point for the 2024 election cycle. Republicans in the U.S. House have even sought to condition passage of a critical foreign aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan on a democratic agreement to effectively close the southern border. Meanwhile, here in North Carolina, a place thousands of miles from the border in which immigrants are an essential and hugely beneficial part of the economy and society generally, we're hearing similar hateful rhetoric and proposals. And recently I caught up with a leader who's working hard to counter them with facts and common sense, the chair of the Governor's Advisory Council on Hispanic-Latino Affairs, former state representative Ricky Hurtado. Welcome to News and Views. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So much going on in the world of immigration and policies impacting immigrants in our country these days. The Governor's Advisory Council that you lead recently voted in favor of a resolution to support immigrant communities in North Carolina. There have been these pretty horrific and false attacks on immigrants by both national and state elected officials. Talk to us why you felt this was necessary and why the council wants to speak up at this time. Yeah, that's a great question. And and Rob, I think you hit the nail on the head by bringing up the false narrative that we're seeing both at the national and state level around really the detriment that immigrant communities bring to places like North Carolina. And so I have been, as, as chair of the Governor's Advisory Council, I've been receiving a lot of phone calls since it's, I think it's safe to say since November, December, when sort of the, the immigration conversation in Congress really, really hit the headlines around, you know, what could we do as local leaders? What could we do as folks in North Carolina? And local leaders in particular recognize the importance of North Carolina heading into the 2024 elections and, and thought it would be important to voice a counter narrative, right? Not just that, to just make sure that the Latino and immigrant community here in North Carolina understands where people stand on this issue, right? And so the the contrast couldn't be any clear when you have on the GOP side, folks like Trump wanting to, you know, have already stated that they want to have mass deportation camps if he's elected. And then you have local and state leaders and candidates saying that military aged men are coming here to sort of put our families and communities in danger. You know, you get that on one side and then on the other side, really people actually searching for solutions, right? Recognizing the challenges that we face currently with changing global politics and dynamics and leaders at the national and state level actually looking for solutions on how we make our community safer, address issues at the border and figure out a pathway forward. And so it's it's fascinating if you sort of know what's happened over the last 20 years, the bipartisan deal that was struck between Democrats and Republicans in Washington you would not have seen that deal 10 years ago, right? Like that, like most of those provisions that Democrats agreed to, you probably would have never seen, right? But recognizing mm-hmm. that compromise and governing is necessary, even in these challenging times, and trying to find a pathway to sort of like meet folks where they are. And, you know, they provided that and, and it wasn't good enough, right? So I think it's clear right now who actually is trying to solve a problem and who's just trying to play politics as usual. Yeah, it seems that really it's it's hard to imagine anything that Democrats would have agreed to that would have somehow satisfied uh, the Trump wing of the Republican Party. This is about running the 2024 campaign doesn't really have much to do with actually making substantive policy that might move the country forward. Exactly. No, I think you're right. Talk to us a little bit about the benefits that immigrants bring to North Carolina. This is something I think that doesn't get nearly enough attention 
immigrants have become such an integral part of our economy in this state. Of course, perhaps it's always been that way, but it's something that seems to be escaping a big chunk of the population that really we'd be in terrible shape were if it weren't for the immigrants who fill so many critical roles in our society, so many critical parts of our economy. That's exactly was the sentiment of, of the council, right? And in writing our resolution, we wanted to make sure, right, like stayed away from the politics at all, making it very clear that this is what, you know, objectively immigrants bring to the state of North Carolina. I mean, you have the Department of Commerce citing both immigrants' economic impact, but also just what it means for workforce development. There's an organization, an education organization called My Future NC that has Mm -hmm. worked with the General Assembly on setting a broad visionary goal of having over 2 million folks graduate from college or some sort of credentials by the year of 2030. And they, along with many other education advocates, have said that if we want to fill the jobs of the future, it is impossible not to think about how we're intentionally targeting the Latino and immigrant communities here in North Carolina. And so when you have the unemployment rate being as low as it is now and and companies continuing to settle in North Carolina and call this home, we have a lot of jobs that are opening up in North Carolina over the next you know, five, 10 years, uh, but who's going to fill them, right? And so I think that is, you know, something that this administration has been really good about addressing that folks recognize the challenge, right? And the majority of North Carolina recognizes these benefits, right? It's, you know, what year it is when you start to hear sort of this like xenophobic, hyperbolic rhetoric around immigrants, when you need a boogeyman to sort of try to instill some fear around folks who may not be paying as close attention. But, you know, when we, when we think about the efforts that local communities are making too, right? I mean, beyond workforce and economic impact, right? You think about small business development and entrepreneurship that immigrant communities have brought to their local communities. And then also how we collaborate to address challenges. Part of our resolution also included things that we recognize is, is a net benefit for everyone. But, you know, it's important that we maintain trust between law enforcement agencies and immigrant communities. And so some of the legislation that is proposed year after year in the General Assembly, things like the upcoming HB 10 around collaboration between ICE and local law enforcement. While, you know, in spirit, sure, you know, trying to address community safety issues in practice does nothing but violate the Constitution and take away sheriff's right to to make sure that they are addressing safety needs the way they see fit for their local communities, and also erodes trust between law enforcement and immigrant communities. And so, when you think about the nuance and complexity, there's a lot of solutions that local communities are working towards that often politics gets in the way and and making sure that we're doing a good job for folks in our communities. We're talking with former state representative Ricky Hurtado, who's chair of the Governor's Advisory Council on Hispanic Latino Affairs. Speaking of things that may escape average folks when they're thinking about this issue, talk to us for a moment about the reality of what it is that's driving so much of the migration these days, there's a narrative out there that it's a bunch of people coming in to take advantage of our country somehow. But in reality, there's so many enormous global factors that are at work. And it's not just in the United States and on our southern border, but migration across the planet. Yeah, it certainly has become a more global phenomenon, right? So my family's from El Salvador, from Central America. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the migration that you've seen over the last probably the last 10 years or so has been from Central America, right? When you think about Guatemala, Honduras, a little less from El Salvador now, given the evolving situation down there. But 
you know, it's the same challenges that folks here face, right? When you think about what would drive you and your family, Rob, to leave home suddenly and not turn back, right? It'd be, have to be a pretty dramatic situation, right? When we think about poverty in these countries, when we think about um, the violence often led by cartels or, or gangs, um, and, and also things that are outside of a lot of communities' control, such as climate change. Uh, we've right. seen how weather has impacted many of these communities where drought has impacted what's grown or, or literal storms sort of demolishing communities. You don't leave home unless your house is on fire, right? And so that was certainly the story of my family when they fled El Salvador in 1980. And you see that story repeat itself over and over and over. I wish my family's story was unique, but unfortunately it isn't when you think about why families leave places like this. And so, you know, I, you know I'll be the first to admit, right, that I, I thought that the bipartisan negotiations happening in D.C. were productive. And while, you know, some of the things were hard to swallow, if you are on, on, on the left side of the aisle, I thought they were necessary to make sure that we could create a fair process for folks applying in the future, folks who are currently caught up in a backlog system currently, and to make sure that we have the capacity in the future to address folks' asylee claims, right? Um, and so, you know, the, the fact that we were so close to a solution yet, folks opted to play politics as opposed to thinking about how we streamline and build capacity in a system that you know, these are changing politics, changing global dynamics that aren't going away anytime soon. And so I do think that we need serious people at the table talking about serious solutions as opposed to some of the politics that we're seeing in this current day and age. What about, I call them kids, they're not kids anymore. So many of the DACA immigrants, recipients of the Deferred Action Program, these are folks who've lived in America effectively all their lives are as American as you or I, and yet they remain in a state of limbo, right? Because we can't get this, this agreement done in Washington. As a former lawmaker and someone who cares deeply about this issue, this was the one issue that I found disappointing that wasn't discussed more in some of these negotiations um, a few weeks ago. The goalposts have changed, right? And a few years ago, we were talking about a similar border security package with in exchange for a pathway to citizenship for dreamers or DACA recipients. And, you know, that wasn't really on the table this go around, right? And so the goalposts have shifted, but, you know, I would encourage all folks, right, on both sides of the aisle, not to forget this really critical community population that is at this point, right, no longer kids, as you mentioned, and have families, have mortgages, right, are in the workforce. And a lot of folks feel the uncertainty right now, right? These are friends, these are colleagues, and don't want to sort of steer into hopelessness, but recognize that the current political climate doesn't exactly play in their favor. And so it doesn't seem likely that we'll see this in this year, given the the election cycle and, and how things are playing out. But once we get past this hump that we can talk seriously about putting this issue to rest and making sure that we provide a pathway to citizenship for, for all the DACA recipients that live not just in North Carolina, but across the country. I guess as we come to the end of our time with former State Representative Ricky Hurtado, who's head of the Governor's Advisory Council on Hispanic Latino Affairs, that, I guess that's the overarching question. What what does the future hold? Uh, do you remain hopeful that at some point our country is going to deal with this issue in a rational way, uh, not resort to the kind of um, rather frightening proposals that we're seeing from some on the political right and actually move forward with some practical solutions that will uh, move the country forward? It's a good question. People tend to forget, right? They remember the the negative aspects of the immigration narrative and what that created in the previous Trump administration. People forget how 
much of a mobilizing element this issue was. Most families, you know, immigrant or not, recognize when things are unfair and when people are being scapegoated or, or punished unduly, right? And I think that this issue, as we begin to get a clearer focus on a Trump versus Biden rematch, their records are going to be, you know, um, on full display. And I think people will recognize what it means to have a second Trump administration when it comes to immigration policy. And so I am hopeful that people will recognize that and mobilize to the polls to vote their conscience around issues like this. And I think that also means mobilizing the 250,000 plus or 300, I, I forget the number at the top of my head right now, eligible Latino voters who do care about this issue, right? Well, they care about the economy, they care about education, they also care about their own safety and, and the safety of their community, right? And so I think you're seeing a new electorate come of age, young Latinos whose parents are immigrants, whose parents still may be undocumented, whose vote will very much matter uh, this election. And so, yeah, I remain hopeful because there's a new electorate on the rise. And I think that them getting involved can change the politics of this issue for good. Former State Representative Ricky Hurtado is chair of the Governor's Advisory Council on Hispanic Latino Affairs. Uh, you're doing incredibly important, tough work, Ricky. Thank you so much for your service to our state. And please keep up the good work. Take care. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. Great. Thanks so much, Rob. Coming up next, is the death penalty in North Carolina finally on its last legs? We'll learn about an important upcoming test from one of the state's top experts. Don't go away. <laughs> 